This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. By receiving, I allowed someone else the gift of giving. Valeria Tellis interviews Caroline Palmi, the author of Loving Conversations with Me. Caroline Palmi is an award-winning author, speaker, and heart flow healer who helps gorgeous empaths, sensitive souls, earth angels, and giving hearts to come back into the flow of love. Caroline cannot help but express and embody her heart and helps others to find, express, and center in their hearts too. She connects to the wisdom from the heart, for the heart, and of the heart. When Caroline works with her clients, she focuses on their spiritual and energetic needs. A session with Caroline might include clearing energetic blocks, channeled messages from loved ones, spirit guides or angels, releasing grief and painful memories from childhood or past life experiences. You can even get a gentle healing massage if you're in Switzerland. Her first book, Conversations with Me, was published in 2018 and won a mention on Janie Love's Platinum Award list. While her second book, Loving Conversations with Me, was published in 2019 and went on the Amazon bestseller list. Caroline lives in Switzerland with her three young adult children, a golden retriever, a cat, and nine tortoises in a location that allows her to be surrounded by nature. Meet Caroline at carolinepalmy.com. Here is the interview with Caroline Palmy. In your own words, who is Caroline Palmy? I am a heart flow healer, a beautiful wise woman connected deeply to the heart, loving Mother Earth, loving the universe, and loving everybody on it. I love that answer. I have to use the word love again. So my follow-up question, it's exactly that, love. What is love to you today? Love is a deep feeling of connectedness, of centeredness, of accepting and compassion. When you say accepting, what is there to accept? All of us, we have parts we love about ourselves. 
And then we have parts we don't like so much. We might suppress, we might push down, we try to hide away from. And unless we accept all of us just the way we are, we can't truly love ourselves. And also, if we can't accept ourselves with all our beautiful, perfectly imperfections or imperfectly perfections, we have a harder time accepting others for who they are. Can be a partner, can be your children, can be your co-worker. So we always find faults in others, which are actually things we don't like about ourselves. Is there a moment where we are there as a destination where we fully have accepted all parts of ourselves? It's an ongoing process mm -hmm. and we're just, you know, mm -hmm. I, I remember a time when I thought, oh gosh, I dealt with that. Why is it coming up again? And realizing it's just healing on a different level. It's sort of like we're going up the spiral and we come to similar situations. And quite frankly, I think once we've done the work, we are ready to go home to go home back to love, you know, that's where we came from. And uh, so while we are here, enjoy the duality, enjoy being human, enjoy being, yeah, have that good and not so good and that happiness and that sadness. And that's all part of this experience here. And it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful journey and the uh, path we walk on. When you say going home, back to love, is that something closer to unconditional love? Absolutely. I mean, I had three near-death experiences. And this was always so peaceful, so absolutely loving. And deep down, for a long time, I had that longing for home, that longing for love, for that unconditional love. And I also um, do mediumship work, and especially um, with my father who has passed on in 94. And it's that love and compassion I feel from the other side, you know, it, there's nothing to forgive. They so understand, they have that compassion, they just love. And this is sort of that big floaty gorgeousness. And yeah, it's, it's that love. I can't explain it any different way, you know, that's, yeah. That's just all, all compassionate, all understanding, all loving what is. You mentioned in your book that we tend to look for love in all the wrong places. So talk to me for a moment about the reasons why we do that. It's that deep longing for love, for being understood, for being loved. I mean, we 
came from love. We are birthed and then we are here in this world and then we expect our parents to love us unconditionally. But they have not been brought up in unconditional love either. So they bring their experiences. And sometimes it's, yeah, it is conditional. Sometimes you have to be the good girl and then your parents like you. Or if you're good at school, you get a treat or all these kind of things. So we are looking for that love, maybe for that acknowledgement or that acceptance that yeah here I am here I'm loved but we are not and so it goes on you know then we have a job and we feel oh maybe if I really accelerate in my job if I am the big boss you know then I am loved or if I drive a fancy car I am loved but then you drive two days and you realize mm, it mm-hmm. might not be that one or the bigger house or mm-hmm. a family or a spouse or whatever else. You know, we are always, I think we are trained to look in the outside for love. And I always looked, I mean, I realized then that I only felt loved when I was in a relationship. So that was the, okay, someone loves me, I can be lovable. Whereas it's all within, unless we don't feel love, we always wait for that outside approval. And we can't, that doesn't work, you know, then we're needy, then we're always, uh, we can get manipulated, we, we get hurt. And So that's the love actually we are craving is within, it's in our heart space, it's in the feeling of being good enough, of accepting ourselves, not only on good days or when we're completely thin and have a super body, but with the wrinkles, with the smiles, Mm -hmm. with the muffin top, my kids (laughs) call my belly, and in all of that, loving oneself for who we are. I mean, I always, I don't know, I want a different hair or maybe brown eyes or something. And we can't change those. I can't have long legs. I have a long body, short legs, you know. We can't change these kind of things. And it doesn't matter whether you have long legs or short legs. You are always lovable and we are all love that's a vibration that's sort of a yeah a vibration within us it's like the life force you know when we are in that flow of love we are in our true essence i have heard before that when we are born that we are in touch with that love. So we know what that is. And as you mentioned, also on the other side, the people who have passed, the souls, they also understand that. So I'm wondering what happens really, is that this going back, return to love, it's only a journey when we are in a human body? 
It's only a journey here. Yes, that's what I believe in. Um, we are our souls and our souls are eternal. And again, to babies, I mean, everybody loves, I mean, most people really love babies and they're drawn to babies and then they they smile at babies. And I think that's their connection again. When you hold a baby in your arm, you feel that that beautiful essence. You have that connection to that love, that being. A baby is just a baby is just happy, you know, mostly yeah. unless they're hungry or right. have an upset <laughs> stomach or something. But yeah. they are just they're just so pure. And I think that's why we love them so much. Or when we see children smile or babies laughing, we have that connection. We feel that, wow, yes, that's somewhere within me. You know, I am still that baby deep down, that pure joy, pure love person i've just unlearned so many things because i had to fit in or that's just what part of life here on earth is also also um animals right caroline absolutely i mean petting a cat or playing with a dog that just brings you back to that unconditional love i mean it's just amazing when I come home and my dog greets me. I'm just like, wow, this is so, this is pure joy. And they just show their love, you know, they are just happy to see you. And if you have a grumpy day or especially our cat was amazing or is still amazing whenever one of the children was sick or whoever needed it most she went to that person just to give that comfort and that love and a little bit of healing and animals are so in tune and they yeah they are pure Mm -hmm. yes always in the moment that's what i heard too that we can only access this place of pure love when we are in the moment in the present moment That's where love arises. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because if we're um, in pain, then we're usually somewhere in the back. What happened? And we commiserate of not doing it better. And then when we are in fear, we are more in the future. And it's usually always up in our mind. And then we are sort of disconnected, disconnected from ourselves from our heart from our body and yeah and this precious moment of just being and you talk about this in your book most of us are the slaves of our own need to be doing something the need to prove we are worthy by doing even better or more Of course, you said more, but I have this section here. How do we learn to be in the moment? It's what I do usually is just by tapping on my heart space, tapping or just putting my hands on my heart space. And we can do that 
when we're in public transport or standing in a queue in a shopping center or whenever we are stressed or when our kids are just like <gasps> screaming and the dog is vomiting or whatever, you know, when too much is going on, just put your hands on your heart space. Take a deep breath into your belly. Just breathe in, expand your belly. Still touching your heart space and you realize how immediately you quiet down. You come out of your head and you come back more into your heart. You feel more into your body and this is your quiet space. And in this moment, you are being rather than doing and you can expand these moments. Just breathe and come back to your heart whenever you need it. Another deep breath into your belly and maybe even exhale through your open mouth, touching your heart space. This is being, this is being present. And this is your essence. This is your peace, your inner peace. And this is also love. And I have been observing that, how fast it is that I can even know exactly when I was pulled away from presence to thoughts. It's just incredible. It's a challenging work, right, Caroline? It is, and it's it's good. The first thing is awareness. Oh, I am not there, you know. I am stressed. Okay, what do I do? Okay, I come back to my heart. I breathe. I do whatever helps me. And the more you expand those moments and the more you come back, and do the little exercises, the more you're aware of that present moment. And then you learn that you catch yourself earlier and earlier being out of that moment and you come back to it sooner and sooner. And it's okay. I mean, I don't, unless you're, a monk living up somewhere on the Tibetan yeah. mountains, <laughs> <laughs> have nothing else to do than meditate all day. Yeah. We don't. We are not expected to live in that present moment all the time. But knowing that it's like our oasis, our our time to recharge, our our beautiful safe haven in a yeah in a heartbeat you know and that's where we can come back to whenever we need to so realizing when it's too stressful when we're doing too much when maybe we are thinking oh hopefully soon is the weekend or <laughs> i can't wait for the summer break <laughs> realizing that maybe something is not going right in our everyday life because our aim is to live healthily well-being every day or at least throughout the week you know that we integrate enough 
self-care, self-love moments and those beautiful, quiet, peaceful moments, then we can carry them out into the world and and our family is more peaceful, our surrounding is more peaceful and hopefully eventually the world will be more peaceful. And whenever we are stressed, when we learn to come back to our heart space and our breath and the present moment, whenever we are in fear and we remember, wait, there was something. That Caroline woman, she told me something about, oh, putting my hands on my heart and taking a deep breath. The more we can do that, the more we can practice that just for our well-being, the better a world we create. In your book, you wrote, we can be spiritual and have coffee. It's kind of funny the way you say it. Drink a glass of wine, eat meat, and be the best healers too. So one doesn't exclude the other. Beautifully said. Talk to me about what is to be spiritual and what spirituality is. For me, being spiritual means I have a good connection to the universe, but I'm also grounded to Mother Earth. I accept my earthly being and I enjoy it. And it means we are not superhumans or we don't have to be extra spiritual. It's in that spiritual community sometimes you are looked down on, what, you're drinking coffee, you can't be spiritual, or <laughs> you you just had meat. No, 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 that's really not spiritual. You don't do two hours of yoga every day, mm, you can't be truly spiritual. <laughs> and, yeah. and that's, you see, you know, that's, again, sort of like looking down on others. True spirituality is connecting heart to heart, accepting oneself, accepting the others, having compassion and allowing peacefully. You know, if you love your coffee and you enjoy it and it feels good, enjoy your coffee. I don't say you have to drink 10 coffees a day, but <laughs> just in the name of spirituality, you don't have to let go of coffee. And this is, and you don't have to eat raw vegan just to be a good person. Sometimes, I mean, I prefer my, my food to be cooked, you know, and it's you have to find your own way. And by allowing yourself to live the life to your best acknowledgement, to your best behavior, and allowing others to find their own way, it's that's spirituality, just shining that light 
having love and compassion at your center and definitely not talking down on people or feeling you are so much better off than others because that is not true spirituality. Spirituality is we are all on one level. We are all humankind and we are all, all here to support each other. Unless we can really stand in circle holding hands with each other and feeling that connection, heart to heart connection, having compassion for each one of us, feeling united, feeling connected, all in a circle. That is spirituality. This idea of um, compassion. So by eating the animals, it really kind of doesn't make sense for us to eat them because that's if you're being compassionate, you don't want to hurt anything. So yeah, talk to me for a moment about that, Caroline. I know, I know. It's it's about that compassion. On the other hand, um, yeah, I see it with, with my, my children too. Sometimes they say, don't tell me where it's been or what it has been, you know, and seeing the animals and I think sort of, ooh, it's kind of of, of cruel. But it's, I mean, I, I stay away from, from uh, red meat because I just realize it doesn't, my body doesn't like it so much. I have more poultry or things like these and yes, fish. And yeah, even with fish, you can say it's overfishing, it's the industry. But if we come down to maybe the more natural way of, yeah, you catch a fish and you have it for dinner and um, the meat, it's the compassion and I can't say the animals they wanted to serve us for sure not it's just some way that I can only say that I love sometimes chicken I am more vegetarian but I don't want to talk down on others who are still enjoying meat because that's their path. And so it's that compassion, yeah, and not the judgment, like you said. And it's all also in the energy, you know. I always say when you have, when you think you have to be on a diet and you eat salad, and because you think that's what you have to have and then in a restaurant on, on the neighbors they have a steak or something and you like oh, wish I could have this steak and oh I can't yes. have this steak and then you eat that salad with with this low energy of oh I have to eat this salad it's well oh, disgusting I don't like it I'd rather have a steak then the salad is not healthy then you'd rather eat the steak and enjoy it and it's better for your body and your energy level because if you eat that salad in that oh I have to eat salad kind of kind of energy then 
it can just as well can be poison on your plate. It's uh, so it's if you eat meat and if you feel called not to eat meat, that's wonderful. Don't eat meat. Don't feel like you have to join in. But let others eat their meat if they feel good about it and it helps their bodies. It's we are all different and we are all on a different path leading to the same sort of destinations. And I always say um, there are many ways lead to Rome and sometimes it needs a detour to arrive at the right destination. And we never know on what path we are. We can't, we can only ever know it for ourselves and not for the others. So we can't, it's right what we're doing for us and we can lead by example, but we can't tell others what they have to do. We can only give suggestions but they have to follow up on their own or see what you're doing and then feel like, oh, wow, that's a great thing. And I want to do that too. I absolutely agree. And I also think that it's not really realistic to think that we will not kill anything. Just by walking every day, we are killing a lot of the insects, the ants, so there's a lot of killing going on without even being conscious. But I do love the idea of becoming conscious. So now if we are eating meat, then we choose what kind of animals to eat and by knowing the way that they are hunted or killed. I think that's very important. And that means to me compassion, being conscious that opens up that space for compassion. I think we can minimize and be conscious, but being a human body is just not, um, it's not realistic not to kill. What do you think the meaning of freedom is to you? What is to be free, Caroline? Free is allowing myself to dance like no <laughs> one is watching. <laughs> and just allowing myself to be true to myself without harming anybody else, you know, or pushing others away, but just, yeah, being a conscious member of my community, of this society, of the world, and being free to express my love and lead my life from my heart. I love that. Um, and even if you hurt others, that's also a path, isn't it? To uncover love. If we cause pain by being in ourselves. Um, yes, I do believe that. It's the only way to find out anyway, just being you and then observing, paying attention to what happens when we are really true to ourselves. Exactly. And not intentionally hurting others, but just maybe by shining our light, others might be displeased and learning to live with that. Right. Yes, definitely. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's completely different conversation. The intention of hurt. That is, yeah, we don't talk about that here. No. <laughs> <In Obana. laughs> so um, you wrote the book, the lovely book, Loving Conversations with Me. 
So two questions. How did you become a writer? And talk to me for a moment about the inspiration and also the purpose of writing this book. Um, how did I become a writer? I think I was always a writer. I wrote for my preschool. I wrote a newsletter. I wrote travel journals. I wrote... Uh, so many things and I didn't even realize that I was a writer but I knew I had that book in me actually the previous one my first book and I needed to share those stories and when I worked with my publisher we realized that I'm writing memoirs you know I always even my blog posts is always stories about myself to inspire others and then I knew I had a second book here sharing all about when a relationship ended and I felt so unloved. I felt unlovable. No one likes me. Everybody leaves me. And, and why, you know, and lying in bed for five days, crying and crying, and then realizing, oh, I am needy of love. I need that outside approval. And the stories that came up and how I learned to love myself. And I feel that that's also part of my healing work. This is so, me, this was such an essential path I took I wanted to share that with others and that's why I also included the wisdom from my heart the little exercises for people sharing my stories inspire others telling them you are not alone out there many go through the same and yeah maybe bringing some light to the end of a large of a long dark tunnel for the people to just keep going. And yeah, it, in a way it was also deeply healing. It was a new level of healing on so many levels, writing it, putting it all together and publishing it. It was, yeah, this loving conversations with me is a book from my heart and a gift to the world. For a moment, talk to me about the, what you do. You are a heart flow healer. What a beautiful title. So how do you do that? What is, uh, yeah, how does it work, those sessions with you? I connect with my clients via Zoom. And I just, because I'm an empath, I can feel into someone else's body. I can feel their pain, their stiffness. And while they relax and just breathe, I will, of course, we focus on the theme for the session. I go from head to toe through the whole body along the chakras, but also maybe the jaws or the ears or the shoulders or whatever is coming up, you know, and guide them through little exercises very intuitively and sometimes even something completely new. I can't really plan it because it's so individualized, going down to the feet, coming up at the back and then usually I unfold the wings you know we all have sort of wings we keep folding away and 
And I love to see what kind of wings come out. And that's sort of the energy they need. You know, I had I had angel wings um, and um, what's that bird name? Um, the eagle, eagle wings or fairy wings or... Um, uh, oh. It's late and my brain is out. Ah, dragonfly, dragonfly wings, you know, and it's it's just that essence or butterfly, butterfly wings come a lot, you know, and it's that essence they need at the moment. And and most people come for several sessions and it's not always the same wings because then they're at a different stage. But this is essentially what I'm doing clearing, cleansing on a deep level, releasing pain and hurt, healing relationships or past relationships, letting go. Even mediumship is most prevalent in my session that a loved one is visiting and letting them know a message. And um, womb clearing, it's so, so much going on but it's always very gentle very loving very compassionate and my clients they just lie there relax it's like going through meditation and afterwards sometimes they take a nap but they always always feel better afterwards lighter maybe are able to take their next step in their life and have more clarity and uh yeah, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's when you feel free and get connected to your true essence and get a sense of who you truly are or who you are meant to be. Self-love and self-care, how are they different? Um, self-care is something you do to recharge when you're sort of your batteries are low you need to recharge you can have a lovely bath or sit in the sunshine go for walks in nature it's applying love and self-love just is you know self-love is the feeling from within that you feel lovable just the way you are, that you feel worthy. And also, yes, self-love is also taking care of yourself, allowing time for self-care and recharge. That's part of self-love too. So it's a bit of both, but it's a bit different. <laughs> I love the questions you have at the end of some sections about self-love this one is beautiful when did you last say i love you to yourself beautiful question and where could you be more accepting of yourself so these questions called my attention and i love the way you talk about your father too understanding him the way he wanted to be an artist but he didn't get to live that life and after he passed how you could feel his pure love and also you say something interesting. You said this I love to. You said, by knowing what we don't want, we are able to understand what we do want. So true. 
Talk to me about the helpful tools for bedtime routine. I think this is a tool that you have created called Healthy Bedtime Routine for a Restorative Sleep. Yes, sleep is so needed. If you don't sleep well, if you can't fall asleep, if you lie in bed rolling over and twisting and turning, you will have a bad day. You will wake up grumpy, you are tired, you're not at your best. And it's understandable because when we don't take care of our energy system and cleanse our energy system, when we don't sort of say goodbye and and take an energetic shower, letting everything go that has gone on during that day and go to bed. If we don't do that, we just go to bed and carry everything with us. And then we're sort of lying there and we might still be overthinking things. We might um, wake up with fear. And, And that's not good because everything is still attached. So I created this healthy bedtime routine it comes in a video where i explain the little tools we go through it has a pdf with sort of like a checklist or just a reminder for yourself and also an audio where you can just listen like a meditation you will clear your energy you will just let go and you come back to your heart and you feel so calm and so peaceful and ready to go to bed and have a restorative, restful night. And this comes as a gift from my heart to yours. And you can use that throughout the day. You don't always have to use it just before you go to bed. Because we can do with clearing our energies, especially if we're feeling anxious or if you're feeling stressed, any time of the day. And if you go on my healing shop and you get it, use the code WELLBEING at checkout and it will be a gift from my heart to yours because we all need a good night's sleep to feel good. Sleep is the best self-care ever. Yes, I love this idea and I'll be applying them too. This is a great reminder. Thank you. And my last questions to you, actually, before that, would you like to add anything or read a passage in your book? Okay, here we go. I remember the sparkles in the eyes of my children, the flower on their faces when we baked cookies, the hugs we shared. That is Christmas to me. Feeling that love, the love we have for each other cherishing that love and just being together is what is important to me it's time to be home time to breathe and yes spending time with my family that feels good i don't need anything fancy the simple things are more important to me so my final questions to you two questions If you knew you would die soon, meaning losing the body, would you make any change in your life or do anything in a different way? Um, Maybe I would spend even more time with my children. But no regrets. All is fine. 
And the last question is, what are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment? Life is good. Life is always supporting us and things happen for us, not to us. Just trust, keep going one step at a time and keep going your path. Life is beautiful. You can find the beauty in every moment. Thank you so much for your beautiful presence, loving, peaceful, the work, the beautiful work, the message that you are sharing with us and for being aware of your purpose. Thank you. I do have one more technical question. Where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services and future projects? You can find everything on my website, carolinepalmy.com. And yeah, take it from there. Always happy to hear from you. I'll have the link also on your podcast profile. Thank you so much again and we'll talk soon. Thank you. <laughs> Bye for now, Caroline. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Caroline Palmy and her work, please visit carolinepalmy.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.